Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful for this afternoon, for this wonderful day. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you have given us to hear your word. We pray, Lord, that you give us of your spirit to guide us into understanding of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. A message that we've been sharing for a few weeks now on godliness. Godliness. Amen. To be a godly person. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 6. It says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Then it says, verse 10, For therefore we labor and suffer reproach because of this. We labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Hallelujah. The Bible says godliness is profitable unto all things. To be a godly person, to be a person that serves God, that goes to church, that prays to God, that does the work of God, to be a person that loves God, the Bible says it's profitable unto all things in this life and in the life that is to come. Amen. Amen. In this life and in the life that is to come. Godliness is profitable. To be a godly person is profitable. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes when we look at unbelievers and when we look at people who don't care about God, people who don't serve God, people who, whose life does not concern God or they don't involve God in their lives at all. Sometimes when we look at such people and we see how their lives are going, even believers sometimes get jealous of them. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? 
Sometimes you feel that it is even more joy to be an unbeliever. It is even more joy not to serve God. But you know, there was a scripture that I saw in Proverbs 23 and verse 17. It says, let not thine heart envy sinners. Let not thine heart envy sinners. That means that sometimes when you see the things that sinners are doing, when you see the things that sinners are involved in, you would think that they are living a better life than you. But the Bible says, let not thine heart, let not your heart envy sinners. But be thou, you, be in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Be in the fear of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It says, you continue to have the fear of God in you. Continue to serve God all the day long. Let, he said, be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely, say surely. surely. Say surely. He says, for surely there is an end. There is an end that is coming. There is an end for every sinner. There is an end that is coming. And thine expectation shall not be cut off. Your expectation of what God will do, your expectation that heaven is coming, it shall not be cut off. Amen. Amen. Many sinners do not believe in heaven. They do not believe in hell. And they live their lives and they go and they come and they see they are still strong. Even they see Christians get sick and die. But the Bible is saying, let not thine heart envy sinners. Because surely, surely. But the Bible says that there is no two ways about that. Surely an end is coming. There will be an end. And when that day comes, there is either heaven or hell. Whether you believe it or not, it will happen. Whether you believe it or not, a child that is in the womb, whether the child believes that there is another world or not, that child will be born. Whether you think that all that life is about is what is in the womb because you have not seen another world before, because you don't think there is any life after death, whether you believe it or not, if you are in the womb, surely a day will come, you will be born. You will be born into this world. Whether you are ready or not. Amen. Perhaps that day will come when you are receiving nutrients from your mother's umbilicus and receiving nutrients from the cord and receiving nutrients and drinking and perhaps just tossing and rolling. But when that day comes, you will come out. And in the same way, whether you believe it or not, the day will come that you will also enter in the next phase of life. And you will find out that just like the child, you cannot go back in the womb to fix what was broken. When you enter the phase of life, that is the phase that you enter. And that will be the end. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So the Bible says, godliness is profitable. It's profitable. It is in all aspects profitable in this life and in the life that is to come. So if the Bible is saying there is a life that is to come, then there is a life that is going to come. There is this life. The Bible makes a clear distinction. It says it's profitable in this life 
And in the life that is to come, definitely there is a life that is going to come. And when, you, when that day comes, what is going to profit you in that life, the Bible says, is godliness. To have Christ in your life. To have God in you. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So last week, we began sharing about the characteristics of a godly person. Someone who is godly. And I gave you a few characteristics of a godly person. We read a scripture about a certain man called Cornelius in the book of Acts chapter 10. So if you will, allow me. I want us to read this story quickly. It says, are you with me? It says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man. So this is the description of this man called Cornelius. The Bible says he was a devout man and one that feared God with all his house. The Bible says this Cornelius, he feared God with all his house. That means that he served God with his whole family. A man ought to serve God with his whole family. A man ought to command his household to serve God. A man is not to be led by the wife to serve God. God says a righteous, a devout man is one who serves God. Now, this man was a centurion, meaning he was a soldier. You can be a soldier and still serve God. You can be a secretary and still serve God. You can be a CEO of Morgan Stanley and still serve God. Amen. And be a devout man. So he says, and he gave much alms to the people. He was a man also who was giving. So the first characteristics we learn about Cornelius was that he was a devout man. That means he was a righteous man. And he was a man that served God with all his house. So that the second characteristic of a righteous person is that he serves God with all his house. The next characteristic is that he gave much alms to the people. A righteous man is not ruled by money. Amen. When it is difficult for you to part with money, it means that you are ruled by money. It means that your life is ruled by money. But the Bible says of Cornelius that he gave much alms to the people. He gave and prayed to God always. He prayed all the time. Cornelius was a man who prayed all the time. A righteous person is one who prays. A Christian who does not pray is not a righteous person. A Christian who does not seek the face of God is not a righteous person. How many of you will agree that if there was a prayer line, it's very likely that Cornelius will be on it? That is a righteous person. Amen. Amen. Then the next verse, the Bible says, He saw in a vision... Evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him. Are you reading with me? The Bible says, Cornelius saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour. The ninth hour is the 3 p.m. hour, the hour 3 p.m. It says, an angel of God coming on to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. Cornelius. 
And when he looked on him, when he looked on the angel, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers, your prayers, and thine arms, your giving, are come up for a memorial before God. He says, your prayers have been heard, your arms given have been seen, and they have appeared as a memorial before God. And that is the reason why an angel has come. And when the angel came, let's look at the next, it says, the next verse, it says, and now, this is what the angel is saying, and now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. And the Bible begins to describe this man in detail. This man that Cornelius was supposed to go to. The Bible says, this man, he lodged with another person called Simon, who is a tenor, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants. Immediately, Cornelius called two of his household servants immediately and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. He called one of his faithful servants. And when he had declared all these things that the angel has said to him, when he had declared all these things to him, the Bible says he sent them to Joppa to find this man of God that God was directing him or the angel directed him to. Hallelujah. So the next characteristic that I want to share with you this afternoon is that a godly person honors and receives the servant of God that is sent to him or to her. Amen. Amen. Now, we will, if we were to read, which we will not have time to read the entire story, we will realize that when Cornelius sent the servant to this man of God, he came. And through this servant, Cornelius was saved and all of his house were saved. Hallelujah. Now, when God wants to tell you something, when God wants to direct you to do something, when God has something really important for you to do, often he will direct you to a man of God. He will direct you to a pastor. So it means that if you have a pastor in your life, if you have someone whose words, a man of God, whose words are valued to you, you are a really blessed person. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But many people do not want to hear the pastor's voice. Many people don't want to even have a relationship with a man of God. Many people say, oftentimes, he says, I believe in God, but I don't go to church. I believe in God, but I don't like churches. The church is where the man of God is. The church is where the man of God speaks. Oftentimes you hear people say, I don't like these men of God these days. Well, too bad for you. Because they are all that God has. The Moseses are the all that God has. Moses was a fugitive. 
Moses was a murderer and he has run away. But when a nation cried unto God and God heard their prayers and God wanted to deliver them, he chose a man of God to lead them to deliver them. Hallelujah. This Peter, Simon that God is talking about, that he is sending Cornelius to go to, he was someone who denied Christ. Three times, not once. He denied Christ. But when the angel of God came to him, he is the very person that the angel said, go and see. Amen. Amen. So if you don't like the man of God these days, then you will not accomplish much in the Lord. You hear people that say, I pray in my house. I, I, I serve God. It's in my heart. God ought to be in your heart, but you need a man of God. God ought to be in your house. You ought to pray in your house. Yes, you ought to serve God wherever you are, but you need a man of God, and you ought to honor the man of God. You can pray and pray and pray. Cornelius prayed and prayed and prayed, and an angel of God visited him. God heard his prayers. The Bible says, your prayers and your arms have come before God as a memorial. And for that reason, God sent an angel. And you will think that if an angel will show up, then the angel should tell Cornelius everything that Cornelius needs to do. Everything that Cornelius needs to know. The angel ought to be able to show Cornelius. If you are an angel and you have come, and you say you come from God, and my prayers have been heard, I have prayed in my house, I worship, I don't go to church and I pray in my house, then tell me what I need to do. Tell me where I need to go. Tell me what I need to do to be saved. Instead, the Bible says the angel sent Cornelius to a man of God. A man of God. Sometimes the man of God may not look the type that you will choose. Sometimes the man of God will not look the kind that you would expect. Sometimes the man of God may not even have the righteousness that you would expect. Sometimes you will feel more righteous. And you say, I am that devout. I am that righteous. I am the one who prays and brings angels to my house. I am the one who prays and heavens hear. And they say, my prayers rise up before the throne room of God. But when God wants to do something great in your life, he will always direct you to a man of God. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing this afternoon? You see... If you want to be a lawyer, for instance, if you want to be a lawyer, you will choose to say that, I don't like professors. I don't like teachers. In fact, I don't like classrooms. I don't like going to classrooms. You may want to be a lawyer all you can. You may have all the wisdom and all the understanding and all the knowledge, but if you continue to stay in your house, you will never be a lawyer. Amen. So just as much as you don't like classrooms and you don't like professors and you don't like teachers, you ought to go to the classroom 
And sometimes the person that comes to stand before you to say, I'm teaching you law, has nothing on him that looks like a lawyer. Has nothing on him that looks like he can be a lawyer. But he says, I am professor this and I am professor that and I'm going to teach you to become a lawyer. Now, if you will think of what he's saying and if you receive of what he's saying and you will meditate on what he's saying, a day will come that he will test you on what he has told you and if you are able to reproduce the same words that he has taught you, you will become a lawyer. But you see, we don't hear people say that I want to be a lawyer, but I don't like teachers. I want to be a lawyer, but I don't like professors. I like the law profession, but I don't like classrooms. But we hear God, we hear oftentimes people say, I love God, but I don't like the teachers. I don't like the men of God. I don't like churches. I don't go to church, but I have God in my heart. You can have God in your heart all you want, but when an angel of God visits you, when an angel of God comes to you, he will always direct you to a man of God. Direct you to a man of God. Cornelius was a person who honored God. And he says that he received the man of God that God sent to him. Hallelujah. I just want to read one more example with you. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 38. And verse 1. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 1. The Bible says, in those days was Hezekiah sick. Now, Hezekiah is a king of Israel who had God in his heart. He served God. He prayed all the time. When he hears of a war coming, when he hears of the enemy attacking Israel, the Bible says he will go on his knees and he will cry unto the Lord. He served God. He he loved God. Now the Bible says, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. He was sick in his sick bed. And he was on a deathbed. And Isaiah the prophet, the man of God, Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order. That means prepare your house. For thou shalt die and not live. What a news to receive. That a man of God comes and says, you are going to die, so prepare your house. And you will live. He says, set thine house in order because you are going to die. Share your property. Let them know where your property are. Let them know who you are. Set thine house in order. Then Hezekiah, when he heard this news, The Bible says, he turned his face towards the wall. He turned his face towards the wall and did what? And did what? Pray Pray unto who? The Lord. The Bible says he turned his face. When he heard this news, he turned his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord. And said, remember now, O Lord, how I beseech thee. How I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. And have done that which is good in thy sight. Remember these things, Lord. 
And Hezekiah wept sore. That means he wept. He cried in pains unto the Lord. Are you with me? I want you to be awake because perhaps this is your moment. Amen. Amen. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah. Are you with me? This man prayed. He was about to die. The news came and he turned his face to the wall and prayed. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, the man of God, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father. I have done what? I have done what? I have heard thy prayer. Now, if you pray and God says, I have heard your prayer, that means he was very close by when you were praying. That means he, his ears were at your mouth and he could hear you when you prayed. He says, I have heard your prayers. I have heard your cry. I have seen your worry. I have seen how you have wept. But he went to a man of God. God was with Isaiah when he prayed. But he went to a man of God and said, go to Hezekiah and say that I, God, Jehovah, the God of the father David, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days 15 years. Amen. Amen. And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city. Amen. 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 Somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So you see, you may not like the man of God. Sometimes you may not like his preaching. Sometimes you may not like what he's saying. Because he's saying that you will die and you can go to hell. He's saying you will die, and if you don't have Christ, you are going to hell. He can point to you and say, my brother, the life that you are living, you are on your path to hell. You may not like him, and you say, I don't like these men of God. I don't like their preaching. Hezekiah could have said, I don't like you when you come to me with news like that. I don't like you. But your deliverance, another 15 years, it will come from that same man of God. So Hezekiah could have chosen not to welcome this man of God and say, I've heard that Isaiah is at your door again. Oh, perhaps he's going to tell me that the death is tonight. Don't let him in. And you may not like the man of God. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? God will bless his people always through the servant. You can pray to God all you want, but his blessings, it will always come through his servants. Amen. Amen. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 22. We're almost done. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 22. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, saying unto them. God wants to bless the people of Israel. God wants to bless them. A 
and he's the God of Israel. But he goes to Moses and says, go and tell the priest, Aaron and his sons, they are the Levites, they are the priests. Go and tell them that I want to bless my people. I want to bless them. And this is how I'm going to do it. He says, on this wise, that means in this manner, this form, you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, saying unto them, the words of the man of God, speaking unto them. If you decide you don't like the man of God and you don't like church and you don't attend church and you don't like, these words, they come from the mouth of the man of God. The blessings, they will come from the mouth of the, word, uh, the, ma- the man of God. So God wants to do you good, but he will always use the man of God. God wants to bless you. He will always do that through the man of God. So he said, go and say unto them, saying, the next verse, he says, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. And if you are devout and you are righteous and you have honor for a man of God, you will say, I receive it. And you will say, Amen. You will spread out your aiming net and catch the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst that come from the mouth of the man of God. Perhaps you may choose and say, I am waiting to hear the Lord myself. If God can speak to you, God can speak to me also. Oh yes, God can speak to you also. But when God wants to do something great in your life, he will always send you a man of God. So he said, say to the people, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I said, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Your life will be long because of the words that are spoken by the man of God. Amen. He said, the Lord make his faith. You see, you would want that God would say this to them. Why doesn't let the congregation just gather? Or why not in their individual homes as they are praying individually that God visits each one and speak these words to them? But he says, let the congregation gather and say this to them. Say this to them. Say, the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. He said, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Receive peace. Let the peace of God come upon you. Let the peace of God come upon you. I said, receive peace. And then he says, verse 27. He says, and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I, God, will bless them. Wow. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you see, you may not like church. You may not have value for church. And sometimes you think that it's a joke what they are doing. And you may not have any value for it. But today I want to announce to you, your life is very short. Very short. Your life is very short. And the Bible says the word of God is a sure word. You may not like it, but it's a sure word. And it shall come to pass. And you will see it. The Bible says our lives are like vapor. You see, you feel strong. You can go and you can come. You can run and you can jump. And you have no value for God. 
You have no value for God. Some of you, you have been in situations where you beg God. But you see, one of the things that a good nation, a blessing does, is if you are not wise, you eliminate God from your life. Some of you, you pray to God for everything, but God has brought you in a goodly land and you have eliminated him from your life. Some of you, even when your car is broken, a part of your car is broken, you cannot have a way to fix it. Your, your way of fixing it was a prayer. You will sit in your car and you will pray. But today you have no value for God in your life. Amen. You, you, you put your car on neutral and run it and then start it. And you pray to God that it will start. Today you sit in your car and you just start it. And if it doesn't start, you, you get another one. And so God has no place in your life. But I tell you that surely that day will come. That day will come. You need a man of God in your life. I say you need a man of God in your life. One last scripture and we are done. Amos chapter 3 and verse 7. Amos chapter 3 and verse 7. The Bible says, surely. Say surely. surely. It says surely. Are you with me? Are you reading with me? It says surely. The Lord God will do nothing, but he revealed his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. God will not do anything, but he will reveal them to his servants. Surely, the New Living Translation says, Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophet. Hallelujah. Take the words of the man of God seriously. And today, my words to you is that heaven and hell, they are real places. I said they are real places. And take them from me. That you will die and find out that a lot of your friends are in hell. And you are going to join them. A lot of friends are in hell. A lot of friends who have led the lifestyle, they are in hell. I'm telling you, they are in hell. The Bible says in Luke about the rich man. It says that there was a certain rich man. He died. And in hell, he lifted up his voice, his eyes. And he saw Lazarus afar off, sitting in the bosom of Abraham. Now this rich man, he said to Father Abraham, he said, send men, send men from here. If you can send people from the dead. Because he, the Bible says he was in torment in hell. He was in torment. He was tormented. Hell is a real place, brother. Hell is a real place, my sister. The Bible says he was in torment. And when he was tormented, he said to Father Abraham, if you can send someone from the dead, someone who has been here before, if you will send a person to go and talk to my brothers, because I have other brothers, five other brothers, their lifestyle is the same as mine. I'm telling you, friends who have led the same lifestyle, they are in hell. They are waiting for you. And their cry every day, their cry every day is that you will hear the voice of the man of God and change. Is that you will hear. Their cry is that never come here. They don't want any of you to come to that place. Because hell is a real place. Hallelujah. This is what time will allow us to share. But I want to remind you, when that rich man asked Abraham to send men from the dead to come and preach. Because I bet if we know of anyone who has died and that person was to show up this afternoon, 
Either you run away or you listen to what he's saying. But if that person was to tell you that heaven and hell are real, you will listen. But the Bible says, Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. They have a minister standing in front of them right now. Let them hear them. That is all they have. Put your hands together for the Lord. And please stand to your feet. Oh, Jesus. Father, we are thankful. We are grateful this afternoon for your word. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to share your word. We thank you, Lord, for giving us your word. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we know you. We thank you, Lord, that we have found you. We thank you, Lord, that in the foolishness of preaching, what appears in the world as foolishness, he said there's power to save. And we thank you, Lord, that through the foolishness of preaching, we have found thankful for your word this afternoon. This afternoon, I want to give everyone that is here an opportunity. An opportunity to receive Christ. I am offering you a chance once again. One more chance to receive Jesus as your savior. I don't think anyone comes in the presence of the Lord by accident. Perhaps you may have found us on the internet and you came. Perhaps you came here because of a baby dedication. You accompanied your friend. Perhaps you came because of your friend who got married and you accompanied your friend to church to give thanks. Whatever brought you here, the Bible says the steps of the righteous, they are ordered by the Lord. You are not here by chance. Today you have an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. I want to offer you Christ, the Savior of mankind, the Savior of the world. This afternoon I am offering you Christ. It's through the foolishness of preaching, but it is foolishness to them that are in this world. But through the foolishness of preaching, Jesus will save you. Will save you. Today, this afternoon, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to receive Christ as your Savior, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. I just want to say a short prayer with you. Just lift up your hand and I'll just say a short prayer with you. Just wherever you are, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You want to welcome Jesus into your life as your Savior. Anyone here like that? Lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? This is your opportunity. You can hear a voice telling you, this is your chance. This is your chance. I don't know, but you may not have this opportunity again. I have seen that when you go under a big tree, you will see many leaves that are falling under the tree. You will see green leaves. You will see brown leaves. And you will see yellow leaves. Every type of leaf can fall when the wind blows. 
Now, when the wind of death blows, it doesn't matter how young you are, it doesn't matter how old you are, the wind of death, it can blow and let the green leaf fall and it can let the brown leaf fall. Today, you may not have the opportunity to receive Christ, but if you are not saved, you have heard. If you die in your sins, you will go to hell. I'm giving you one more chance. You are here. You want to receive Jesus as your savior. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Don't leave this place without receiving Christ as your savior. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? It's an opportunity. Jesus is here to save. Why don't you all join me and let's say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. This afternoon, I come before you just as I am. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Say, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. Clap your hands together for Jesus and please be seated. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Brian Nkrumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.